Okay. Yeah. Hello, hello. I'm Val Pancakes, and joining me tonight on the stack, I have that dude, John Davis. And you can see Mr. Davis in full impact pro wrestling as our world heavyweight champion, Battle Club Pro, um, ICW No Holds Barred, and as a heavyweight champion for uh, PWX, which is Premier Wrestling Experience, among countless others. Please welcome that dude, John Davis. How goes it? I am doing swell tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you um, taking time out of your evening to spend it talking to me. No problem at all. So I just like to jump into things, start with some easy questions, um, tackle some really hard stuff later. Just kidding. Um, we'll take questions from the chat. We may even have a lightning round, and then we'll just round it out. Word up. Awesome. So what was a young John Davis like? <sighs> Small. Um, like how young are we talking? Like kid? Like yeah, like any like when you were a kid or like kind of when we were talking before we went live. Um, when you were in your teenage years. Uh, so as a kid, I was small, big afro, very rambunctious. Um, and then as a young teen, I was small, big afro, very very rambunctious. And then about. 15 or 16, I was like, yeah, this has got to change. So I cut all my hair off and was always working out and then kind of mellowed out a little bit. Um, but was always into like art and wrestling and asking a lot of questions and bothering the crap out of my grandparents. So what kind of art did you do? Were you like a drawer or a painter? Or where did so, you fall in that realm? I can paint, but... I will make a mess. So when I was a kid, my mom and my grandparents were just like, here's some pencils and some paper, go do that. So I kind of got into, like I love comic books growing up and like uh, in kind of animation, Masters of the Universe, Transformers and stuff like that. So even to this day, I still do more comic related stuff, but I'm moved to digital now. So I don't spend a billion dollars on paper. <laughs> So you still actively like draw and create? Absolutely. I did not know that about you. I uh, would, I would like to see if I can. Not right now. I don't think that's possible. But at some point. Okay, I can see. Maybe something. you can like. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I love to see what other people do, especially other people that are like the stuff that people do outside of wrestling. So how did you decide to pursue wrestling? Were you always a fan? So I can remember as a child, uh, my grandfather was a preacher and he loved wrestling. So we would leave church and drive as fast as he could home, which is probably like 40 miles an hour. I swear I never saw this man do like faster than 46. Anyway, we get home and we had this big wooden TV in the living room and we weren't allowed to eat in the living room because my grandmother was way more fierce than anybody else in my family. So we had to sit in the kitchen. So we would spin this TV to where we could see it. And I remember like racing home to sit at the table and eat lunch after church. And we would watch old NWA. Like my earliest memories is watching like um, the Andersons and like, the whole thing with uh, Luger still in the horseman and stuff like that. It's like old school. Yeah, I'm very old. 
<laughs> Is that what I meant? <laughs> so what made you want to start wrestling yourself or get into like doing the pro wrestling thing? So this is going to be a bit of a crazy story. So uh, I was like 18, 19, something, 19, 20, somewhere around there. And uh, average kid and not necessarily around the best element, if you will. Like a lot of my friends were uh, thugs, I guess, for a better, lack of a better term. Uh, so I wasn't really into like, like I wasn't a dope boy or into any of that stuff, but like just the element that I surrounded myself with wasn't taking me anywhere. So uh, I was always athletic, loved playing ball. So we were doing flag football tournaments and like we used to do them for money. And uh, I was, we were playing in the tournament and my cousin sprained his ankle and it was bad. So I remember I took him to the hospital and the emergency rooms were just kind of separated by curtains. And uh, actually let me backtrack. Two weeks prior to that, one of my friends gave me a card for a pro wrestling school just outside of Jacksonville. Uh, and I just took it and just kind of lost it. And so, um, anyway, he sprains his ankle. We're in the hospital and there's like just curtains separating us. And so a nurse walks in to the little room next to us and she's talking to the guy and she goes, okay, what are you here for? He's like, oh, I got these bites. Um, I just want to make sure they're, they're not infected. I can't really feel my arm. So, She's like, are they dog bites? And he goes, no, they're shark bites. Yeah, that face right there. So uh, <laughs> I looked at my cousin like, as soon as this nurse walks away, I got to go over and talk to this dude. So she walks out. I mean, we almost ran into each other. Like, that's how I couldn't get over there fast enough. So I walk over there and it was this older dude. He was 6'2", 6'3". Uh, like, I'll never forget him. Said he blonde hair, like stubble. And just, you can just surfer is what he kind of came off like and i was like hey uh did you say shark bites i didn't introduce myself i didn't didn't check on him I was like did you say shark bites he's like yeah so he's like i was like how do you have shark bites and not feel them he goes well we'll get to that later so we get to talking he asked me about myself he's like well, so what are you gonna do with your life young man i was like i don't know uh my mom wants me to join the military and as soon as i said that he quit smiling like straight face so he tells me, um, when he, he's like, when I was a kid, I wanted to play baseball. He goes, I was left-handed and I was a pitcher and that was rare back then. And uh, he said he joined the military because he wanted to make a little bit of money and then be able to see what he could do as far as ball goes. So was, that, that was his plan of action. So he joins the military, goes to war, gets POW'd. He tells me a story about uh, having to walk to the camp uh, fingers interlocked, hands behind his head, chin on his chest. And they were walking behind him and gun button him in his neck. And when he couldn't hold his chin down anymore, they'd walk in front of him and he'd hit him in his face. And then he pulls out his top row of teeth. It gets worse. Uh, so then he's like, uh, he's like, they got us to camp and they would ask us questions. And if we got him wrong, they shot us. So he pulls up his sleeve on his left arm and you can see the skin graft and the muscle connects straight into shoulder. You can see the clavicle and all that attach. And uh, he's like, so that's because this is what happened. He goes, but I got two wrong. So he pulls down his shorts on his right hip and it's the same thing. Uh, he said that he goes, they, the camp was getting ready. They're getting ready to be free to whatever. Said they hung him upside down with five other people. And he said that they, he said they bayoneted him hip to hip, chest to pelvis. He said he felt, he felt, well, he felt his guts roll up his chest and he watched three of his friends die. 
and he's like, I'm telling you, and I was, I'm standing here with tears in my eyes, right? Yeah, I'm like, t- like, holy shit. Yeah, so he's like, uh, he's like, I'm telling you that to tell you this. He's like, I would not trade any service that I've done for my country or anything that I've done for my, for my people. It's like, what I'm saying is, is I never got to play baseball again. I never got to throw a baseball again. It's like, so when you're an old man like me, don't look back and say, I wish I would have done this differently. And like, like I just stood there and stared at him for a minute and the nurse walked in and it took me a second to get back, my, get my senses back. So I go back to my cousin. I was like, I'm changing my life. And uh, so I did like uh, model searches. I did arena football tryouts. And I was, I mean, I did, uh, I was talking to different acting people and stuff like that. And then like, I did an arena football tryout and I'd missed it. I'd moved them. So I'd missed it. So I'd seen one of the people there and like, Oh, well, yeah, it was last weekend. It was supposed to be in two weeks. So I called the coach. He goes, it's too late. We've already got the spot filled. So I'm dejected. So, uh, I wake up one morning and the card for the wrestling school was sticking out from under my box spring, my bed, just barely like a half inch. So I like, I'm half awake. I grab it and I'm like, Oh, okay. So I call the dude that day. A week later, I'm in the ring, and here I am, 18 and a half years later. That's, like, that's crazy. Like, that whole, like, like, that's insane. And that's the thing, like, that guy didn't have to take that time to tell me that story. And it was an awful story to hear, to hear him tell it. And then, then, like, he's showing you all these things, whatever, but, like, he used that as a teachable moment for somebody else, as opposed to just him wallowing in self-pity. Like he made sure that I knew that he wouldn't trade anything that he's done, but he uses like, Hey, make sure you go do everything. So when you, when you get older and you're looking back on it and you're talking to your kids and your grandkids, just, you have this amazing story as opposed to saying, I went into this because I needed to do something and I ended up broken. Wow. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like that was like, that story was intense. Like I was, I was like with you from shark bite and then we, we took this turn down this mm-hmm. other road, but like mm-hmm. the shark bites. <laughs> oh, so they were, they were little, uh, they were sand sharks. They weren't even really that big of sharks. Oh, okay. It wasn't like you got tromped on by a great white. Exactly. So it was like, like little baby shark bites, but it was enough of a shark bite to get my attention, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't want to get bitten by any shark, regardless of size. <laughs> Or by any person or really any other animal. I really just prefer not to be chomped on. It's not a good time. I wouldn't want to get, like, I wouldn't want to make somebody angry to the point where they might drown me. So I'm just going to not bite people. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you found so like you lost the card and then you found the card like just serendipitously it appeared into your life when you needed it mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. crazy yeah yeah so where did you train and what were some of the best things you learned while training like stuff that you still use or stuff that like has really guided you so i started in jacksonville uh, i was trained under a dude named rock and roll chris turner and Chris knew a couple people here and there, like just your normal Southern indie guy who was kind of on the back end of the territories that met a couple people, accidentally tagged with Robert Gibson one day. And so he became rock and roll Chris Turner. Uh, none of these guys could identify him if they saw him, like at the time that I started training, but whatever, it was this pitch. Uh, 
he provided me with a place to train on a regular basis. He let me train as many times as I wanted to a week, for as long as I want. Well, until, so we train on the evenings during the week. So we'd get there at 5.36 and we would train until he kicked us out. So 11.30, we'd be leaving the school. And um, he trained us as best he could. Uh, and I'll, I'll just kind of leave it at that because I don't want to bash the man. But he trained us as best he could. And then um, I started traveling and like kind of branching out a couple years in. Because at first, like I, I, I was okay, well, this is what wrestling is. And like you... You wrestle on an independent somewhere and then Jim Ross comes and signs you and then you're in the WWE. That was just a dumb kid. So uh, I was working with them, so I started traveling and then I met Terry Taylor in Valdosta. And when I say met Terry Taylor, I was in a tag match and we were all green and terrible. And he saw it and he crapped on us for an hour and a half. Like we wrestled before intermission and I missed the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, I recently spoke with Terry about this, and he has no recollection of it, but I promise you <laughs> it happened. Uh, but one of my friends got really offended by it because, like, he's like, well, he shouldn't have been so mean. And another of my friends was just sensitive anyway. But me and another guy that I was with, we were just kind of like, okay, well, let's, let's learn from this. Like, he told us why – he told us what we did was bad and terrible – he explained to us why it was terrible and then he told us how to fix it and to this day when i give feedback to people or i do seminars or anything like that look this sucked but this is why it sucked and this is how you fix it so i met terry and then uh fast forward maybe a year i was doing a show in uh mcclendy florida like an hour from jacksonville and i met dory funk jr and i was like oh sir i was like a big fan like i grew up watching you Da, 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 and the promoter's like, oh, cool. Uh, you guys are going to send my main event. I was like, what? So uh, Dory's like, hey, uh, ask me about what I did or whatever. And I kind of gave him a couple ideas. He's like, all right, well, um, I, I don't really talk about stuff. I just kind of wanted to know what your moves, like what you like to do. He's like, I just had a hernia surgery, so I'm going to take a light. By take it light, what he, what he meant was, I'm going to beat the crap out of you for 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> we were working, and he hit me one of, one of his lifters. And when he hit me, I started looking at the ceiling, the, the ceiling of the building, and walking backwards. And I completely forgot that I was in a wrestling match because he hit me that hard. I hit the ropes with my back. Was, oh, I'm wrestling. And I, like, went back to it. And there was a point where... I give him a forearm. I was like, all right, he's an old guy. I don't want to hurt him. And he's like, hit me harder. So I hit him a little harder. He shoves me, hit me harder. I blast him, mushes me, hit me harder. And at this point, my feelings are hurt, right? So, like, I crush him with something. And then he starts firing back on me. I'm like, and then, like, there was, like, 30 seconds where, like, I was fighting Dory Fong Jr. while he's just showing me that he still got it. And he dumped me out of the ring, and I'm just standing on the floor confused. What's going on? And then I got back in, and um, we ended up, like, talking afterwards. And he liked me, so he invited me to come to his school. And, like, uh, he said I could work out with him. I didn't pay any money to work out with him. He was a complete, like, generous host. Like, there's bad stories going on about them, and they're not all bad. It's a business, but Dory Fong Jr. is one of the best ever for a reason. And, um... But he invited me down there to work out with him for free, and he helped me. Like he told me if I wanted to help train some of his guys, I could. So that's what I spent the next year doing. And then just I was lucky 
series of fortunate events here and there to just bump into different people from different eras and like the nightmare Ted Allen. And then I'd run into like the road dog and then I'd run into Billy Gunn next park. And then I'd run into disco Inferno. So like, I was just lucky to bounce into all these people at the time and just pick their brain. Like I would sit down, shut up and I would ask a question if they stopped talking. Like, it sounds like you really, like, really took advantage of the situations that you were in. As far as being able to talk to all of these, you know, vets and, like, further your own career by doing it and taking what they said and and building off of it. That was one of the things, like, I I wasn't, I had just been kind of introduced to Ring of Honor, and this is 2004-ish. Like, I was just kind of learning what it was. One of my friends had handed me a, a VHS tape. That's how long ago this was. And it was low-key in, it was low-key in Japan. And I remember he goes, yeah, this guy works for Ring of Honor. I'm like, what is Ring of Honor? And then, so I started watching Loki. He's like, I am nowhere near as good as this guy is. Holy cow. And I started, started watching all this and was like, okay, so how do I take what they're doing and make it make it sense down here? Because a lot of the shows that I was working in the South, those crowds wouldn't be able to follow some of that stuff. So in talking to these these vets and stuff like that, and they're telling me what they think, I was able to kind of meld the style, if you will, and just kind of make it fit wherever I go, as opposed to wrestling. Like some guys would go and they'll wrestle a Northeastern style, and some guys would come and they'll wrestle a Southern style, and Memphis, and they worry about working one style wherever they're at, where I've kind of made to where no matter where I'm at, I wrestle the same. So... Who has had the most influence on you both in the ring and then like out of the ring? And it can be like two different people. Okay. Uh, in the ring is going to be either Bret Hart or Arn Anderson. Uh, I like the realism in both of their things, both of their styles. Uh, I can believe them. They weren't the biggest. They weren't the most ripped. Uh, they didn't draw the most money necessarily as far as all that goes. But anytime they were in the ring, you believe what they did. Uh, I've never seen an Arn match where I was like, eh. never seen a Brett match where I was like, eh. so like, and they kept it real with everybody. Like, if Arn was Arn, no matter where he was, Brett was Brett, no matter how, where he was. It wasn't a, a politics game. It wasn't. They weren't ever jostling for like, like me or whatever. Like, they just let their talent speak for itself. So that plays really big on me. I'm not a politics guy. Um, and anybody who knows me knows if I have a problem with you, I'm going to come find you. If you have a problem with me and I find out you have a problem with me, that I'm going to come find you. Get it over with, get it out of the way. Whatever happens, happens. Like we're grown, let's treat it that way. I don't, I don't do the politics thing. Um, but they very much influenced me, uh, which is why I try to be so believable in the ring and to some success, I guess. Uh, outside of the ring, the only, the only, legitimately, the only hero I ever had, and I kind of touched on it when we were texting earlier, was my grandfather. Uh, he was a preacher and the best person I've ever met. Like, uh, my goal in life is to be a fourth of the man that he was. So when I meet people or I'm able to do seminars or able to give feedback or critiques or anything, like, I keep him in the back of my head because he never met a stranger. I mean, he would go out of his way to make sure that people were good. Even if he didn't have it, he would do what he can. Like he got robbed twice, picking somebody up in the ring. Like that's the kind of person he was. So like that's my goal in life, just to be a fourth of the person that he was. 
Aw. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I would go deep. I would go deeper, but you're not gonna make me cry on this thing. So. I mean, you can cry if you want to. <laughs> like, like I kind of told you earlier, like when I see you in the ring, like you are so intense and like frightening and intimidating. But like anytime I've talked to you, you've been so nice. Like it's so weird. That it's just like so different. You're such a nice person. <laughs> well, thank you. So what are your future plans and dreams um, and what keeps you motivated both within wrestling and then in your regular life? Uh, regular life is always chasing my grandfather. Like, that's the goal. Uh, doesn't matter what path I end up taking as far as whatever happens outside of wrestling or actually in wrestling in either case, like I'm always chasing him. Like I know I'm never going to catch him. So I'm always chasing to be like him as far as like who you are as a person and how I impact other people. Uh, when he passed away, one of the things that stood out to me is I was leaving the funeral home and there was like a, I don't want to say industrial because it was a small town, but you know, it was like, like little shops and stuff like that. And when we pulled out, there was people on both sides of the road and it's like about like, you know, trucking caps and, truck drivers and farmers and stuff like that. And they all had their hats over their chest. Like, and he was never in the military or anything, but it's just how much respect he garnered from being a good person. So that's my goal outside is just to, again, I'm always chasing him. Um, as far as wrestling goes is I want to leave it better than I found it. And I think it's amazing regardless, but if I can touch enough people and help them stay motivated or pull them out of a funk or maybe do something to help them change a little bit and make a little bit more money or be a little more marketable or be a little bit more believable, whatever I can do to make everything better. That's, that's what my goal is at this point. See, you're just so nice. <laughs> like I like any scary, like thought, like at first I like, I was a little intimidated to meet you at SCI because I was like, that's a little scary. But like you were so nice, and like just even hearing that—that's what your like goal is—is is just to like leave wrestling better than when you found it, and especially with everything that's gone on in the past like year, year and a half, like it's refreshing to see people wanting to make a difference and make everything better. Thank you. You're welcome. So, what has been your greatest achievement in wrestling, and that can be like a title? or like a specific match or opponent or some interaction, what to this point has been your greatest achievement in wrestling? Um, the connections I've made, like my friendships. Uh, like it's easy to say, okay, well, this championship or wrestling in front of this many people, or that's a typical answer. But with me, like I have, I have friends on all the major brands and they've done all this amazing stuff and done all this cool stuff. And then like, I have my wrestling kids spread out throughout the South and then up the East coast. So like, I don't ever want credit for stuff and I'm not ever like a, I don't need a pat on the back or any of that stuff. Uh, so when I see them doing big things, like it, that's a big thing for me, like getting text messages from guys who debut on a pay-per-view. Hey, what did you see? Like, that's huge for me. Or uh, like I'm sitting there and like my friends have kids and like, oh, such and such is so cool. And I'm like, oh, okay, hold on a second. And I shoot them a text message and they respond. 
and then the kids are freaking out. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I have uh, my ex's mom is a huge Adam Cole fan, and uh, I've known Cole since he started. So I see him one time in Boston, and we're chit chatting. I was, "Yo, can you do me a favor and send a quick message to somebody?" So I shot a quick video, and he's like, you know, said some nice things to her or whatever. And like I sent it to her, and like it, it was a huge thing. Like it was a, it was a big deal to her. Um, she's probably gonna get mad if I if she sees this <laughs> and knows that I told the story. But like that's like I like being able to do stuff like that. Now, now the matches and and making that connection and telling those stories and the championships, those are amazing. Like I'm not downplaying any of that. Um, but that's my big thing is just being able to to belong in the brotherhood, if you will. What has been the greatest obstacle that you've overcome in wrestling? Man. I was never one of the cool kids. Like I wasn't the uh the uh sparkly gear like any foot where you kind of like you stand flat footed on one foot and your heels up on the other foot for some reason. Like who stands like that? Anyway, uh <laughs> like I was never one of those guys. And uh it, it was me just being comfortable with who I was. Um, Adam Pierce was a huge help with that. Like, uh, Corey and I, Dark City Fight Club, we had only been teaming for less than a year. And uh, Gable's in Ring of Honor, and he was going to bring us in to give us a shot. And then Gabe left. Pierce got hired. Pierce kind of – Pierce already knew Corey because everybody knew Corey Chavis. So we still got a shot. And uh, – he, we, our first match was Steen and Generico. That was our first match in Ring of Honor. And then we went like 15. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's yeah. all. <laughs> so <laughs> we get to the back. We went to the back and he's like, hey, you guys got a job. Let's see how you go tomorrow. So the next night was me, Corey, and this dude named Frank Chiazzo versus, uh, Roderick Strong, Brent Albright, and Eric Stevens. And we went like 20. And then they got like standing O at the end of it. And, uh, so it was more of a, like, I was proud of the work that we put in. Because like I said, we weren't Brody and we weren't Jack Evans and we weren't Nigel and we weren't uh, Tyler Black. Like, we weren't those guys. So, like, we were of a different ilk, if you will. We were like very, very old school in the way that we did everything and just kind of bruisers. And um, But being accepted into that Ring of Honor class, like, 08, 09, like, you can put that tag division up against any tag division that's ever been in wrestling and i will argue the point that we were better not the dark city fight club but the overall tag division you had us you had the briscoes you had cheech and cloudy who weren't even they were just kind of there the bucks uh all night express the american wolves like everybody kings of wrestling everybody was there and we everybody was pushing everybody to be better whether you wanted to be pushed or not like we were all challenging each other like when we would do promos, everybody would be standing there watching promo. Who's going to one take it? And so that's kind of the way that we went on everything. And the matches, okay, well, let's look at it this way or let's try it this way. Like, you know, trying to talk the Necro Butcher out of being power bombed onto the cement for no reason other than it's the Necro Butcher. So, I mean, <laughs> but there's just, it's just fitting in and like proving that I belong. That's probably like one of my biggest things because, like I said, I wasn't one of the cool kids. So I had to do it with just hard work. So, 
that sounds like a, like a whole time that you had in Ring of Honor. Um, is there like is that footage out there somewhere? Like, is it on yeah. YouTube or do you place it like on Honor Club or whatever they have? Uh, I don't know as far as Honor Club goes. I know that of course it was the DVDs. We were well, we were on through the HDNet era, so like we were the on the first episode when they were on HDNet. So they had just got TV and we were on that first episode. But I mean, if you go back through that, you'll you'll for sure bump into Corey and I. And then you can, like I said, if you look through that time period, you'll see everybody there. Yeah, that was like, it was very stacked at that time. And then all of those people have gone on to long lasting careers. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, moving on to just kind of like some of your favorite things, like from that song from The Sound of Music. Um, what, like on your drives or travels, what do you like to listen to? Like what is your like go-to like road music or podcasts or what do you listen to to get you through those drives? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Silence. I listen to nothing. What? I could jump in my car right now and drive to Mississippi and not turn on my radio once. Just listen to the road? Okay, so let me explain why I'm not a psychopath. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned now. So my brain is all over the place at all times right so i've got wrestling and art and life and like all this stuff going on in my head right music all this stuff so i uh i use that time to think and just kind of put things in their cubbies if that makes sense like i'll spend an hour or two just thinking about maybe something as far as wrestling related goes and how to push something or how to promote something or how to do something differently um or how to push the brand by the way this is wrestling over everything pro wrestling tees all your boy um, or I'll do something <laughs> with art or music or whatever, whatever's going on in my head, but I use that time to kind of compartmentalize everything. So, cause you know, during your normal life, like everything's so busy and you always have so much going on. Like you don't have, you don't really have that time to just sit and think. Cause by the time you get to the end of your day, it's time to go to sleep and you gotta get up and do it all over again. So when I'm on those road trips, that's when I have my me time, if you will. And I prefer to think. That's. See, I prefer not to think. Like, I overthink everything. My brain is going a million miles a minute all the time. Like, I need something to tell it to shut up. And it's like, I could never. Like, I don't like to drive, like, five minutes to the store and not have the radio on. I'll sing to something. See, I was like that. But then, like, I taught myself to slow everything down. Like, you have something going on, right? And it's personal to you. So it's way bigger in your head because it's personal to you. But the same thing was happening to somebody standing next to you. You're like, oh, it's just this. So like I've taught myself to have that mindset, like look at it from a personal standpoint and then stand back and look at it. Like how would I look at it if this is happening to somebody else? What I treated as such a big deal. And if I wouldn't, then it takes some of the seriousness of it away from me and helps me calm the situation down. That'd be $20. <laughs> I'll I'll um, Venmo you. Do you have Venmo? I'll Venmo you. PayPal, Cash App. I have PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. 
Perfect. Send me, send me 20 bucks and I'll three. It's fine. <laughs> I'll take money anyway. Someone wants to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you listen to anything like any hype music, like before your matches, to, like get you going or are you just like silence? Um, I'm usually, I guess it kind of depends on where my brain is at the time. I don't really, I, I won't do music in before a match. Like if I'm stretching, sometimes I'll play something beforehand, but like right before a match, I'm just, I'm finding my zone. But it's one of those, uh, you can kind of tell the, the 15 feet before I break the curtain kind of gives you an idea of how I'm going to be when I get out there. Like it's, it's me, but like as far as the intensity goes right away, I don't know how to explain it. I've had people be like, yo, like, I thought something was wrong when you were on the way to the ring, like before you went through the curtain, just because of the way, like, I, I just want to get into my zone. I, I don't know. I just, I got that switch, I guess. Fair enough. So on your road trips, like, I'm a big snack girl, clearly. Um, so what are your, like, go-to road snacks? Or do you not eat when Twizzle. you drive either? <laughs> Twizzlers. Twizzlers are my favorite road snack. Do you do like the strawberry or the cherry or like the weird flavors? Just regular Twizzlers. Don't don't tarnish a classic. Just go buy regular Twizzlers and open them and eat them one at a time, and you're good. So you don't do like the pull and peels or like the like crazy flavors that are like filled with stuff. Don't tarnish a classic. Just buy regular Twizzlers open them and eat them one at a time easy peasy <laughs> so you're saying that just regular twizzlers open them one at a time perfect no red vines no you don't mess with red vines mm -mm. i don't blame you my my old cat used to love twizzlers like I'm sorry did you, did you say cat yeah like feline. Uh-huh. Meow meow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. He would like I watched him go into a zipped closed backpack and pull the Twizzlers out. Um, and then when we got home, like they were all over the apartment. Wow. Right? Never in okay. my life had I ever met a cat that liked Twizzlers. But him That's did. Interesting. Right? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Strange. He, like, if I would have any, like, he would be, like, on me, like, within seconds. Like, just wanting to, like, chomp on Twizzlers. Hmm. Right? So, anytime I think of Twizzlers, I think of my dead cat. <laughs> so, um, as far as road trips, is there anybody that you like to road trip with? Or, like, who would you put in your road trip wrestle car with you? I don't have a specific because I like random conversation. Um, like I said, my brain's all over the place. So if I'm in a car with a group of people, like I like riding with people that I don't really know that well, because we can get into conversations that it's not a like, okay, well, this is your typical wrestle car. You have to talk about this or this or this or this. Like, of course we get to the business, but like movies or music or inspiration, like I try to find like what drives people because it, teaches you more about people and the more you know about people the better you can appeal to people when you're out there doing your thing so uh 
I don't have a, a particular group per se. I try to, like I said, I try to keep it interesting no matter who I'm in the car with. Do you have a favorite city to wrestle in? I'm going to say no, because I have a lot of cities to wrestle in still. Um, I can say the first time I wrestled in Philly was huge. Um, I've never had a bad time in New York, and the Carolinas are treating me amazingly right now. Uh, so shout out to South and North Carolina, even though I hate South Carolina traffic, there's gotta be something that they can do to make this easier because it is rough. Like a 20 minute drive shouldn't take an hour. Anyway, anyway, off topic. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. And I was, I was born in North Carolina. So I like, especially anytime I get to wrestle in North Carolina, especially, at the level and the title that I have currently is like, it's a big deal for me. Who has been one of your favorite opponents over the years? I've been wrestling 18 and a half years. Uh, So you have many to pick from. (laughs) I have. um, This is one of those where it, it's going to sound like I'm name dropping. but I'm asking you for a name, so. Corey and I as a Dark City Fight Club loved working with the American Wolves. Uh, Dave Richards and Aiden Edwards. Never had a bad time with them. Same thing with Mark and Jay Briscoe. Uh, Mark and Jay Briscoe, in my opinion, are the underrated tag team of the last 20 years. Like, they do not get enough love, and it's maddening. They are so talented. Uh, like, they made their whole brand from not being what was the word aesthetically pleasing as jay put it so eloquently uh but that works for them so it's crazy to me that they're not billionaires right now uh singles wise i don't know uh johnny gargano uh Rich Swan, Yamato, um, my cousin Boydell Walker. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a Louisiana South Southern guy. He was a uh, Northeast some years back, or whatever. But he's kind of peeled back on it some. But super underrated. Should have had a deal. For some reason, never got worked out. Uh, I mean, and then like my mentors, like uh, Bruce Santee. Uh, he was in Tampa. He was fighting. Uh, Justin. So yeah, I remember that. I was there. He used to be bigger than that. Yeah, uh, we, we were. I just broke in, and we were in Valdosta, Georgia, and he was doing the show, and he had watched my match, and uh, he's like, "John, why are you doing these crappy Georgia shows? All of these guys suck. You need to come to Florida, where everybody's good." We are sitting in the middle of a locker room full of nothing but Georgia guys. And all of them acted like they heard nothing. <laughs> nothing. Like I said, Bruce used to be a, uh, he's huge now, but if you guys, if people listening to this, like 
look up Bruce Ante. Like he was a, he was a monster. Uh, but yeah, like I learned a ton from him. Um, that's just this. This could be a thing that we only talk about this, and it probably last four hours. Yeah, I've, I'm, I've been. <laughs> I've just been lucky to have uh, enough time to be able to get to everybody. If that makes sense, like. I've been able to wrestle guys who've been on TV and guys who are going to TV and guys who have all that experience, but never quite got there. Like, it's just, I look at his learning experiences, like Johnny Gargano and I had a lot to overcome as far as where we started at and where we were going, if you will. Um, and then it all culminated in a no ropes match, which there had been one in the United States beforehand. And it's a Japanese blog match and the guys who had it beforehand were Japanese. So I think it was uh, BB Hulk and Shima had the first one in Chicago, and then Johnny, I had one in LA. And it's been favorably regarded, uh, but it was a challenge. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, you walk into this, like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. But then, luckily, people were kind of into it. So, yeah, but this is, I'd have to probably think about this list. So the next time I'm on, I'll probably have a more definitive answer. So you're committing to a next time. Let's do it. <laughs> See, that always just makes me feel good because I don't know if I'm any good at this, but the fact that people want to come on with me again, that makes me feel really good. You're doing a great job. So thank you. Thank you. You're wonderful. Um, what is your favorite move to take and what is your favorite move to give? <sighs> to take? DDT? Uh, to give, it depends on the day of the week, <laughs> really. Uh, like, it also depends on your size. Top three? Uh, I love powerbombing people. Uh, I love hitting lariats. And then it'll either go with a, we'll say, spine buster or standing urinagi. I wouldn't want to take any of those. So my thing is, is like the bigger you are, the more I want to pick you up off of your feet. So like, if you're like, like I'll wrestle guys and like, yeah, how much do you weigh? Um, buck 80. I'm like, ah. I'm like, all right, uh, 270. Okay. You got my interest. Uh, 300 plus. Yes. You were leaving your feet, sir. Like that's, <laughs> I love that. Is it like a personal challenge thing? No, I just like making them uncomfortable because <laughs> a lot of big guys aren't used to being picked up and there's for sure not used to being thrown. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to throw you. And like, okay. And then I throw them and they're confused and I'm giggling to myself. Like I'm going to watch the next time I see like a match of yours to see if you wrestle a big guy that you throw. <laughs> And, yep. and I will laugh. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite things. When I was doing the uh, three seconds around the world on a regular basis, the torture rack into the power bomb, the heaviest guy I hit it on was 380. Yeah. So be big, please. Make so, it fun. You, so you want to fight big guys? Uh, anybody, but 
my strategy, like I know I can throw small guys. So if you're bigger, I'm going to throw you as well. And that's more fun for me. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. Fair enough. Do you have any like dream matches that you have? Like just like full all the way out there, like somebody that you want to wrestle that you maybe have it or somebody that you've wrestled before that you'd like to wrestle again at your current skill set. I have been wrestling for 18 and a half years. Uh, if they are good and are on television or the independents, chances are I have wrestled them. Uh, the two guys off the top of my head that I never got to wrestle that I really wanted to were B-Boy and Zack Sabre Jr. Pretty much everybody else. What? Somebody needs to book it. <laughs> it still happen. Yeah, I mean, just tell me where to go and I'm with it. <laughs> Somebody needs to book it because I would, I would love to see you against Zack Sabre Jr. Would you throw him? Absolutely. And he would hate every minute of it, which would make it more fun for me. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this occurring at some point. So um, do you have any like pre-match rituals as far as like something that you do before every match or, and you know, pre-match rituals? I put my gear on and I'll wait for my music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is good back to I've been wrestling for 18 and a half years. So any of the stuff that like I did when I was young, like like I like, okay, well, that was a long time ago. Um I will say that I carry certain sentimental things with me in my backpack that I bring to shows. So like those those always have to come with me. So like it's like uh I have a necklace that I've had for 20 years now never like i haven't worn it in 18 years but it's got sentimental value so i keep it with me um i have my grandfather's handkerchief uh i have a wednesday adams keychain um i have a ghost rider keychain and then i have an autograph that i got from my friend elliot martinez who runs federated shout out to federated uh his daughter uh, Jay, when she was young, like I got her to, cause she was asking, she asked me for an autograph. I was like, no, give me yours. She's like 10. So she wrote it down on, wrote it down. And so I keep it in my bag. That's so cute. Yeah. She was a good girl. She's grown now. She's like 19, 20. But anyway, it was, it was fun at the time. <laughs> so, um, I know you said earlier something. You, we talked about music and you don't listen to music when you drive, but um, I assume you listen to music at some point in your life. And when you choose to listen to music, what do you choose to listen to? Uh, so I have a very eclectic taste. We're talking from Lil Wayne to Johnny Cash to Leonard Skinner to uh, Lil Dicky. Um, it just kind of depends on what I'm doing as far as throughout the course of the day, but I, um, 
as long as it's not awful. Uh, if I hear something, I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, I don't want to give it another chance. Like, people try to talk me back into stuff, and I'm like, nope, nope. My first experience was bad. I'm not jumping back into that pool. Uh, but as far as, like, I'm big on, like, I want to be really big on hip-hop, but a lot of guys out there suck now. So, like, if you don't, like, if you can't stimulate me mentally, like, I don't need to hear you talk about how much money you make. Or I don't need you to talk about like how expensive your cars are or your houses. Like, like I got an apartment, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to listen to you talk about your, your house with a glass kitchen, like calm down. Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as like hip hop goes, like I like lyrical guys, uh, Royce the Five Nine, uh, Black Thought, guys like that. Uh, I got into a big argument with Snoop Strikes uh, recently because he tried to tell me that Drake was one of the best MCs of all time and I tried to tell him that he can't be if he doesn't write all of his own stuff. He's a great entertainer. He's a tremendous icon in music, but he's not one of the top MCs of all time because he doesn't write his own stuff. And this was like a, a long, like a six-hour argument. And I was bringing other people into it when I got to the show. But it, anyway, I'm rambling, but uh, no, yeah. By all means. <laughs> My music tastes all over the place. Like I'll be, uh, like I said, like I listen to like Lil Dicky, and then I'll go, I get on like uh, I listen to Simple Man by Skinner, or uh, I'll randomly get a movie song stuck in my head. Uh, what is that song? I was singing. Gosh, dog it! I was listening to something. I was watching uh, A Star Is Born the other day which might be the saddest movie ever made. Oh my God. Uh, but there was a, it's escaping me now, there was a song he was singing when he was waiting for her when he first met her. And it was stuck in my head. I don't even know how I knew the first verse, but like, I just couldn't get out of my head. Or I'll get the Moana song stuck in my head. So like, my music taste is all over the place. Don't hold it against me. I'm all over the place. So never would I ever. What is the most surprising song on your playlist? like the one that people would be like i would have no idea you listen to that so uh there's a guy named richard cheese and he is a lounge singer and are you familiar yes <laughs> okay so like I have like three of his albums on my phone and it'll come up and people are like what what is this like is he singing my neck, my back? And I'm like, yes, he is. And it's amazing. Enjoy the art. That's probably what gets the most people. I'm surprised. So <laughs> it, so I wasn't sold on it at first. Like, I don't remember what the first song I heard was. But I was like, eh. And then I heard him do uh, Beat It. I was like, all right, you got me. No matter what else you make, I'm with you. And now look at you. A fan. A fan. <laughs> so what would you say is your like top five favorite movies? Forrest Gump. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, was that judgment in your face right there? No, it was surprise. Okay. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Um... 
Gosh. Uh, you said top five, and I gave you three so far, right? Yes. I still need two uh, more. Transformers 86. And I don't know. That's one of those, like, the fifth one just, like, depends on your week. You know what I mean? Like, if it's raining outside or not. Uh, uh, John Wick. Hmm. I, I like innovative violence. That explains a lot. Well, so uh, <laughs> I I took an armed security class and I got the license. And uh, when we first started the class, the guy was like, hey, does anybody have any questions? You, sir. Uh, are we going to learn how to take a gun and take it apart in like two moves like John Wick and then drop it into a bucket? He's like, what? I was like, yeah, that's I want to be able to take a gun apart really fast and drop it into a bucket. And he just stared at me. This dude was like a former Marine, like legit like he could shoot you running from however many hundred yards away and hit you accurately like he was a like he was a beast dude was like in his 60s vascular jacked and like knew everything about weapons and so i'm some idiot sitting in the class wanting to be john wick so uh fast forward like a week and a half into the class and he's like uh john I'm like yes sir he goes today we're going to how to disassemble a gun and drop it into a bucket I was like, really? And he puts a bucket on the desk, and that, that's how he taught me how to do it. That's awesome. So, yeah, so, like, it's the little things with me. So, it's funny you should mention innovative violence, because um, I first really became familiar with you through your work with ICW. <laughs> and how is working, like, that style of match like, do you go into it differently than, like, a regular wrestling match? Because there's nothing about anything that they do that is a regular wrestling match. Correct. So, shout out to Danny because he's a genius. Um, there is no uh, – you can't treat like a wrestling match, like a regular match, because uh, I'm not going to hit the chains like ropes, and I'm not going to hit the cage like ropes. I treat it like a fight. So, my, my strategy walking into it is to kick you hard and to farm you hard and to chop you till your chest bleeds, and depending on your size, throw you. Uh, it's It challenges some guys because they're not used to the fight feel, if you will. So that's where guys like Bruce Ante and Justin Kyle, Dominic, and like all those guys, they like they thrive in situations like that. Hell, Tankman did great in that situation. Um, Daniel Garcia, great in that situation. Uh, but I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on anybody. Uh, you can tell who's been hit in the face for real when you watch that. And it was a very, it was a weeding out process kind of earlier on, but now basically everybody who has stepped through the change or gotten into the cage, into the pit has been hit in the face and it's very, very clear. <laughs> so is there anybody that you want to um face in either the pit or in the chains or both that you haven't yet is there somebody that is like in your mind like i really uh, want to have this kind of match with this person um i want moff i want john uh reed bentley those are probably the top three that stick out to me uh john's a maniac so 
that'll be fun. Uh, I wanted to I want to beat Reed up because he's like, oh, I've been watching you since high school. I was like, awesome, get away from me. Uh, so that's the only reason I want to wrestle him. And uh, I've known I've known Daddy Moff for uh, for years now, and we come from the same kind of wrestler. So it'd be interesting. We've wrestled each other tag, but we've never one on one. So I think that would be fun. Painful, but fun. Yeah, I would I would like to see that because that sounds like a very Fun match for me to watch. Anybody paying attention, holler at Danny DeMonto, ICW, <laughs> tell him what you want to see, get me in the chains. Come on, come on, Danny DeMonto, you can do it. <laughs> I know he can. I have faith. He, he has the power. Exactly. So, um, oh, I had a question and I lost it. I feel like a dunce. Um, oh, it was something. Hey, when I do that, my brain. It thwarts me. But um, if you had an action figure of yourself, but it was like one of like the speaking action figures, what three phrases would you want it to say? And what accessory or accessories would it come with? Accessories? I guess different gear depending on the mood like sometimes i'll wear a singlet sometimes i'll wear the fight shorts sometimes wear the fight shorts and a shirt sometimes i'll just wear jeans and a wife beater it just depends on how i feel when i get to the building uh what would it say this is gonna suck sorry in advance i told you this was gonna suck those are my those are my phrases those are the best phrases. <laughs> so, um, backtracking just a little bit, because I totally remember the question I was going to ask before. So it was an ICW question. As far as, like, that kind of match, um, and that they usually employ some kind of weaponry, um, how, like, as far as, like, ring weaponry, what have you use what do you like what do you not like and if you're something innovative in your head that you want to use and you haven't um i have been in matches with light tubes frying pans cookie trays wooden chairs steel chairs uh tables doors um barbed wire with ball bats uh, street signs, like actual street signs, uh, barricades from Queens, um, those aluminum metal bowls, a plunger, uh, thumbtacks. And I've used people, I've used a dude to beat up another dude on a few occasions um i don't really have i actually i think i I think i like hitting a dude with another dude the most if i have to pick uh shout out to frankie gastineau uh i have beat people with him on a couple occasions 
he's quite the trooper. Check him out on AEW. Um, yeah. Um, but if I have to, yeah, it's, it's got to be being a dude with another dude. That's my favorite. But you can do so much with it. I guess so. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't even know where to go with that. That wasn't. A typical answer? Yeah. Wasn't what I was anticipating, but that's why you're here. <laughs> to give me the answers I was not anticipating. So we kind of answered this earlier, um, but because I know that you said you have some sentimental things that you keep with you. But other than your gear and your phone, what can you not leave for a Russell trip without? Uh, that backpack that has that stuff in it, really. Uh, that's that's one of the big things for me. Just just, uh, just so it's one of those like like when I was younger, I would wear a rubber band on my wrist because the rubber band would stretch. And so it didn't matter how big you got, you cannot grow the rubber band. So it kind of reminds you to never forget where you're from. So all the things that I have with me that are sentimentally like valuable to me all keep me grounded to like what made me, like what I was and wanted to be as a kid. So all these things remind me of why I should still be who I am. I knew that was coming. Quit being so like, giving such adorable answers. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to have never, to murder. I have to murder the next person I wrestle now because of you. So I didn't bring this on. Uh, man, I can't help it that you come off as like, like the most scary badass person, and then you like tell me all these adorable stories. <laughs> I can't. Right. I I can't help that. Um, what is the weirdest request you've gotten from a fan as a wrestler? Uh, There's always something weird. Uh, let's just say that... Uh, <laughs> You're trying to think of how to word this, aren't you? I was asked to autograph things on people in the same family, multiple people, with something that doesn't write. I'll leave it oh. at that. Yeah. It got Dang. super awkward in animation one time in Florida. And I'm just going <laughs> to. You say in Florida is. and I'm like, well, to be expected. It's Florida. Florida's going Florida. Yeah. You know, what can you do? So what wrestling word do you use most outside of wrestling? Gimmick and deal. Almost everyone says gimmick. I will, not even thinking about it. Hey, uh, put the gimmick on the deal. What? 
put the gimmick on the, the deal. And I just move my hand and like they figure out what I'm trying to say, but that's that's one of my gimmick on the deal. A lot of people say gimmick. Mine is popped, like, oh, that popped me. Or uh, my shoot job and my shoot name. I will say shoot uh, referring to things that people, like, that are obviously shoots. Uh, I saw a meme one time. It might not have been. It was actually just a picture of somebody holding their cat. and like, look at this shoot-ass cat. And it, like, it popped me. And so, like, I will randomly just point something out and call it a shoot. That's, that's obviously a real thing. So that's one of my things. Did you mean to say that it popped you just a couple seconds ago? Yes. You I was like, was, in my that, head. was that, like, an intentional or is that, like, just a completely unintentional, like, happy accident? You put it in my brain. So you're responsible for that. You keep telling me I'm responsible for these things that I am certainly not responsible for. You just said the word. So it's I clearly did, in my head. I didn't, I didn't know that that's how that would happen. I didn't so do you've it never, intentionally. You've never been in a conversation where somebody will say a word and then you, you find yourself saying a word like two sentences later? I mean, that's why I accidentally yeah. call everybody brother. <laughs> <laughs> I never mean to call anybody brother. It just happens. So, um, as you've told me, you've been wrestling for 18 years. Um, so, you've had to have traveled a lot. So, you have to have good travel stories. You are <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. Never would I ever. You can go ahead and censor any names or places that you need to to just stay on the straight and narrow. I am not going to be responsible for uh, anything that you say. That's on you. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those questions that I should answer outside of a venue somewhere. Uh... <laughs> travel stories mm-hmm. speaking there's of Frankie Gaston I got one there's always, oh, there's always at least one like really good like either crazy or like hilarious travel story that everyone has and I want to so, hear yours uh, I was one weekend in Philly it was me, Corey Chavis and Frankie Gaston and uh, we, I have this thing with Frankie like He's like my kid, right? So like I protect him, I make sure he's okay. I ran always check in on him. Um, I actually just texted him about Rosario Dawson before we came on. Uh, but anytime we're in snow, I make a snowball and I throw it at him. And when I say anytime, like we got out of the car or we walk out of the airport, I picked up like I picked up a snowball and I threw it at him. And then we had to walk right back in the airport. And then we had to walk right back out of the airport to get into the cab. And I picked up snow and I threw it at him. So uh, we are, where are we at? So we were coming back from a show. It was a ring about a show. So we're going into the hotel. He knows that I'm going to make a snowball and that I'm going to throw it at him. So he's trying to get ahead of me. 
uh, Frankie has bad luck being a pedestrian versus cars. So he's trying to get ahead of me, and I'm like, I'm out of the car and I already got my hand in the snow making the ball. So uh, I whip one at him, and he moves and hits a car that's going by, right? And he's like, okay, it's over with, but it wasn't over with because I didn't care about that car. So I'm already making another snowball. So I draw back and he goes to run. A car slams on brakes. He puts his hand on the hood of the car and he gets pelted in the neck with another snowball and then runs into the hotel. Uh, and the car stops. He runs into the hotel and I walk by laughing and Corey walks behind me shaking his head. And so that was the premise of that entire weekend. It was just me trying to hit him with as much snowballs or put as much snow in his jacket as I possibly could. There's a nice, wholesome version well, that's of our story. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the part where he got hit by cars. I wasn't driving the cars, so it wasn't my well, fault. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one way to look at it, yeah. Yeah. And he's, you, he's, still, he's still alive, so that's good, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's been hit with worse. Exactly. Exactly. So outside of wrestling, what are your hobbies? I like to draw. Uh, I like to write. Um, I'm a little bit of a rapper. Uh, What what was that face about? How do you feel? What? So I tell people that I rap, right? And I always get the, are you though? No, my face was more of a, how do you be a little bit of a rapper? Either you are or you aren't. So I've got like five or six songs done. I have one song on iTunes right now. Oh. Uh, but like, it's fun for me. Like, I'm not one of those, like, I'm not trying to be an MC and do all these shows or stuff like that. I just do it for fun. So I say a little bit of rapper because I don't, I don't take it as serious as a lot of other people. That being said, <laughs> That being said, a lot of rappers now suck and I'm better than them. And I don't even take it seriously. I mean, you could fight them. I could fight them. And you know what? After after we're done with this, I'll send you a link and you can confirm or deny if I'm terrible or not on Twitter. I will do that. I will absolutely review your rap song on Twitter. Perfect. Perfect. Brilliant. I am not going to say a bad word about it because I am thoroughly convinced that as fat as I am, you could probably pick me up and throw me. Not fat. And I could for sure pick you up and throw you. See, that's the second part where you could for sure pick me up and throw me. That's the part that's the most concerning to me. And so you you wouldn't even slow me down. That's the thing. I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I don't want you to throw me, but I am curious now. So I wouldn't when I land s- well. <laughs> when I see you, I'll just pick you up just so you know. And I'm going to be like, do you understand? And you're like, yes. And then I'll see you back down. If I ever see you again, and if you remember that, I will probably laugh myself to tears. Perfect. So I'm, I'm sure I will see you again. So 
Never know. <laughs> that doesn't mean hide. <laughs> that just means I'm never going to go to show you're on. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Uh, <laughs> what would you tell a 10-year-old version of yourself? If you could go back in time knowing what you know now, what would you tell little kid John Davis? Uh, I would tell myself to to enjoy moments no matter where they come from. Uh, and taking advantage of Take advantage of things that you take for granted. Uh, okay, so here's a sad story. Okay. Uh, growing up, my grandfather was a real big, like he's a big dude. And uh, he was always really strong and he had this aluminum John boat and I'd watch him work on it. Like he'd just pick it up, put it on the saw horses, boom, 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 and go to about his thing. So uh, before I got into wrestling and everything, uh, I was, I went and lived with him for a little while in Georgia and he went fishing and he asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Papa. It's not really my thing. And he, he was older at this time. And, uh, so I was out in the town. I'd made some friends or whatever. My grandma calls and she goes, Hey, pop needs help with his boat. And, uh, so I drive up to where he was at and it was a little like or whatever. And he couldn't get the boat out of the water onto the back of the, the truck. So like I saw it and like I realized that I wasn't gonna have him forever at that moment. So I sat in my car and I cried for like five minutes. And then I got myself together and I got out and I helped him with the boat. And my biggest regret in my life is not going fishing with him that day. He passed away years later or whatever and I never told him how much it bothered me, but it was one of those things to where if I wouldn't have been so caught up in my personal life and going to have fun, then I would enjoy the time with my grandfather that I didn't realize was going to be so precious to me down the road. Like that is sad. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make so me cry up in the club. That, that, was, that would be what I would tell myself as a 10-year-old. Just those things that you take for granted, enjoy them because you won't always have them. That's like good advice for everybody. So upcoming shows. <laughs> Good segue. Great segue. I didn't know where to go with that. I just figured um, if I start thinking about like, it's weird that you would mention that like, because I was thinking about my grandparents today because something somebody said on Twitter. And it's like, I, all I have left is my grandma. Um, my other grandma and my grandma, one of my grandpa, my grandpa died when I was in high school. My other grandpa died before I was born. So it's like, I never got to meet my one grandpa. My other grandpa died when I was like a junior in high school. And my grandma died when I was a freshman in high school. And I was like, if I like, and now it's like, I should go spend more time with my grandma, maybe. I don't know. It's weird. Cause like, cause you're right. Like, especially because like my grandpa that I did know, like I'm so much like my grandpa. Yeah. And if I would have, been able to spend more time with him as as me an adult like maybe i don't know 
maybe we would have had a stronger bond. I don't know. It's weird. It's just one of those things, like, uh, I lived with my grandparents a lot when I was a kid, and, like, a lot of the formative stuff, like I said, like, I'm always chasing him. So, like, he's obviously had a lasting impression on me. And uh, the only picture I have hanging up in my apartment is by my front door. And it's a picture that my ex got of me. It's a picture that I'd taken like three or four years ago, just of me. And then she found an old picture of my grandfather and she put it together and she has it on a canvas. And so like, it's legit hanging by, I'll, I'll send you a picture. Uh, it's hanging by my front door. And it reminds me every day when I go outside, like keep chasing. Uh, stop saying that. Go make me. Uh, this is the interview that ruins me as a wrestler, by the way. Everybody's like, man, John is soft. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's not my intent. Um, we can talk about scary stuff if you want to. I don't care. Uh, what's like, the most so, horrific injury you've gotten, and what's the most, most horrific injury you've like given to somebody else? Maybe that'll help. Yeah, uh, it is okay. So the most the worst injury I had is I dislocated four bones on my wrist and destroyed my ligaments and tendons in my left wrist. Uh, a certain individual whose name rhymes with Kevin Owens uh, and I were wrestling in Dayton, Ohio, and he dove out of the ring. And, uh, he was above my head, obviously, and like his back hit my hand, and I went straight to my back, and he was in the palm of my hand. And he was about 290 at the time. And they security told me they heard my wrist explode on the other side of the ring. And I was like, oh, I think I just broke my arm. So I got up. I like, we only got five minutes left. And I rolled in and I finished the rest of the match. And uh, if you watch the video after the match as Kevin's backing up, they have the mic on the ring. And you hear me say, I think I just broke my arm. Like, it's really matter-of-factly to Corey who proceeds to freak out and I have to shut him up. And uh, so I go to the back, Pierce is back there and he's like, hey, like that was great that it does. I was like, cool, I'm glad you think so. Pretty sure my arm is broken. And we were right next door to Miami Valley Hospital. I was like, I'm gonna slide over to the hospital. I'll see you in the morning. So well, what if so well, he's like, uh, he's like, what if your arm's broken? I was like, then I'll put on, put it in a cast and I'll see you tomorrow. And he's just kind of like, uh, I was like, so I'm gonna go because this hurts. So I went to the hospital and I and I put basketball shorts on, had a shirt over my shoulder, and I was still sweating, still had all my wrestling gear on, my boots and everything. Went to the hospital. Uh, they discharged me at 6.30. I had my prescription by 9.30. I was in a van on the way to Chicago by 11.30. And then about 8.30 that night, uh, Corey and I were in the, in the ring wrestling. And I had a planner splint on a half a cast and wrapped all the way down. <laughs> I was going to say, you wrestled like that? And nobody knew I was hurt except for Corey and Adam Pierce. I remember David Richards freaking out the next day because he's like, when did this happen? Like, he was, like, losing his mind because David's, like, all into the EMT medical stuff. So he said he didn't even realize that I was hurt because I finished the match and everything. So that's probably the worst one that I've had. Knock on wood. See? Uh, so tough. Big scary. Uh, the worst injury, worst injury I've given, or like that's a weird way to say it, and I didn't mean it like that. Like, oh, how you go around hurting people, but like, or the most like horrific injury you've seen like in the ring, like either at any show you've been to, it doesn't have to be necessarily like I beat the shit out of this guy, and 
broke his leg. I've never broken anybody's leg. We're gonna knock on wood again. Uh, I have been in some awful street fights that have resulted in surgeries for people, uh, but you know, I don't know what the statute of limitations is, so shouldn't leave that be. Uh, in the ring, I was. We're doing a show in Orlando or Kissimmee, and I just started traveling. And uh, you know who Eric Stevens is, right? Yeah. So and he can confirm the story. Uh, we're doing this battle royal, and uh, there was a, a smaller guy, masked guy, in the, in the match. And uh, so, like, I was in, Corey was in, Eric Stevens was in. Uh, his name was Flatline, I believe, was the masked gimmick. And so Cedric Strong, the brother of Roderick Strong, uh, we're doing this thing where people get eliminated and then we'll grab them and throw them back in the ring purely to piss the promoter off. Like we did not care. So we're doing this thing where like some guys are kind of brawling around the building and we're all kind of like, if you get eliminated, like we're still on the floor just cause it's, I don't know, it's wrestling. Right. So we get to the back and finally gets eliminated and somebody's standing there. And uh, so when he got, came through the curtain, somebody was going to throw a line to see if he ducked it. So they threw the line, and he ducked it. He's like, no, no, no. And somebody picked him up, fireman's carry. So I was like, yeah, 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 and then ran it back out to the ring, throws him in the ring. Eric Stevens is in – I want to say he was in the crowd at this point. Flatline gets thrown in. Cedric picks him up, uh, awesome bomb style, from one buckle to the other, runs and throws him at Eric Stevens, who is – not looking. Flatline goes head to head with Stevens, drives him to the ground and busts his head wide open on the other side. It almost looked like a gunshot. It was one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen. People were in the locker room dry heaving. And you can confirm that with Stevens. It was awful. That sounds absolutely terrible. Yeah, Eric Stevens has had the worst luck I've ever seen with scars and his head getting busted open or random scratches that cover his whole face like terrible luck <laughs> well it's good that he's in the cookie business now man yeah and he's killing it shout out Derek stevens oh i have i've ordered multiple times <laughs> <laughs> but like i would love to get down there and just like eat everything which is a really good like i'm really glad i live in nebraska because <laughs> Because if I lived, like, close, like, I would easily gain, like, an extra 100 pounds that he I really don't need to. He posts stuff on Twitter, and I have to put my phone down sometimes. I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> I, look at, I look at the website, and I'm like, I don't need to order these. I do want to. Fantastic. Just delicious. <laughs> I've actually I've gotten like two boxes and I've reviewed them on my own Twitter. Perfect. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, if I'm doing it for content, then it's okay. But um for real, upcoming shows. I know you have like a whole lot going on right now. Yes. So this Friday I will be wrestling David Ali for the Southern Honor Championship. Uh, that is in Canton, Georgia. The show's called When Hell Freezes Over. It's a bunch of Georgia promotions coming together 
for the greater good of pro wrestling. And it's going to be, I think it's 10 matches, uh, eight championships being defended. So I'm going to beat the brakes off David Ali now because everybody thinks I'm soft because of you. So David, I'm sorry. It's Val's fault. Uh, but I wouldn't like go be John three belts. I mean, actually I already have three. Oh, you're at three. Yes. Uh, I got the PWX world heavyweight championship the FIP World Heavyweight Championship, and it used to be called the Fully Gimmick Championship, but now it's the Fully Gimmick Fight Club Championship. Um, also, if you need cool merch and you don't go to wrestling for everything, for wrestling tees, holler at your boy, uh, go to fullygimmick.com. Uh, Zach and Luna are amazing people. They have been 100% upfront with me from the very first day that I met them. Uh, I am Zach Romero's dad's favorite wrestler. He says that when he intros me. It's a legitimate thing, uh, but if you're going to spend money with people, they're hardworking, they're good folks, and you'll love them if you ever met them in person, but fullygimmick.com, there's my plug for them. Um, so go be John Forbelts then. There we go. Uh, look, I, my bag is pretty large, and if not, like I can get more bags. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you, have a, if you have a championship that you need somebody to hold or don't like your current champion, I'll come introduce myself. Uh, but moving on, I have, let's see, uh, I have Palmetto Wrestling coming up. They were out of South Carolina, ran by Ethan Case. Shows are amazing. His students are amazing. If you're an aspiring wrestler in the South Carolina area, go to the Palmetto Wrestling Academy. You will not get better training than you will right there. It, I've been to the school. It's insane what these kids can do. Uh, I've got PWX coming up. Um, I'll be on the show. It's me and a mystery partner versus Chip Dan, a mystery partner at uh, PWX Hail the King. It's uh, Anthony Henry versus Minoru Suzuki in the main event. That's going to be bananas. Um, I have Battle Club Pro coming up the night before in Brooklyn, so I'll be super tired. Uh, it's going to be uh, Yaya and Montana Black versus myself and O'Shea Edwards, uh, fellow Federated members. Uh, and then I'm kind of alternating back and forth between PCW, PWX, FIP. I got uh, FIP on October the 10th uh, in Clearwater. I don't know who I'm wrestling yet, but I'll apologize in advance. I have to destroy you because I'm soft because of Val. Everybody's going to think I'm soft now. Uh, be mad at Val. Don't be mad at me. It's not on me. I got to do what I got to do to protect my image. Sorry. It's all you. Do anything. Yeah. I'm going to get a new shirt that said Val did this to you. And everyone will be like, who? And you'll be like, doesn't matter. <laughs> I will put your Twitter handle on the back so people know. I'm going to make a note right now, actually. What happens to other people is not my fault. No, I no. Didn't it's, do this. No, no. This is, this is going to be on you. This is for sure. <laughs> I'm going to be the most hated person in, in independent wrestling. It's fine. <laughs> but the fans will love you because of the things I'm going to have to do to these people. Um, I apologize in advance to anybody that um, gets completely decimated by John Davis. That was not my intent, although 
To be fair, I will enjoy watching it. No. I'm legit <laughs> making a note right now. Shut up. <laughs> yes. To you. <laughs> I can't help that I make people feel comfortable enough to open up to me and I can't take responsibility for how that plays out. Well, I just made the notes and when we get done, I'm going to be messaging my gear guy. <laughs> so that's going to be a thing. Uh, I... There's a part of me that thinks you won't really make this a thing, but there's a part of me that thinks you might. Okay, so a um, couple years back, Effie wrestled an 11-year-old girl, and uh, he jokingly said that he was going to make a shirt that said, I liked Effie before he was blacklisted. When Effie got to the building, I had the first one on. So uh, just... Be on the lookout. <laughs> okay, yep. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight you for it. Clearly, you can pick me up and throw me. So, and I'm, I'm very. I'm a soft person. Like I am not a fighter by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Have you ever been in a fight? No, never once. Never once. Mm -mm. Really. Really. Your entire life. Correct. Huh. Not like in a fist fight. Like, I've yelled at people before, but like, that's not, not that's yelling right. That's not a fight. Doesn't. Right. Yeah. No. Huh. <laughs> Are you going to try to fight me? No, no. I'm just, it's. <laughs> Are you going to get other people to fight me? Not at all. Not at all. Please don't it's, fight me. <laughs> it's, it's like when you, uh, it's it's weird when you meet somebody who's never been in a fight. I don't know what to liken it to. Uh, it's like if you meet somebody like, nope, I'm not gonna say that. It's just different. Like you don't you don't run into people who have never been in a physical altercation before a lot. I mean, I've fought with my siblings, but that doesn't count either. Like, it does not count, right? No, I've never fought anybody. I've never. But, I mean, that's that's an better reason trait. to. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good thing. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you should fight somebody, but uh, you should fight somebody at least once. See, my thing is like I am clearly not a tough person. You don't like, have to be tough. I would get my ass handed to me in a fight, but, and I oh. would really rather not under. I'd rather not do that if so I know that we, I'm gonna lose. We talked about favorite movies, and I completely left out Fight Club. Uh, so we're going to go back to that. So that that, okay, answer, no, we're fine. that, that is that question from two hours ago. Uh, but uh, you should at least get in one fight just to see what it's like. First off, that was only like maybe an hour ago. And no, I don't. We're going to do a Twitter fair. poll. We're going to do a Twitter poll. <laughs> You're going to get people to try to fight me. I don't no, no, no. fight people. No, no, no. I, the Twitter poll is going to be, should Val get in a fight? That's encouraging someone to try to fight me. No. That's that's seeing how many people think that you should get in a fight. At least once. You got to, like, you've been on a roll. I'm 36. 
Have you ever been on a roller coaster? Yes. You ever been on a skateboard? I've fallen off a skateboard. You ever swam in the ocean? Yes. Okay, so get in a fight. No! It's just say you, you can do something. You've been to a concert? No. Yeah, I've been to lots okay. of concerts. I'm really so there you go. Concerts. So that's that's something you have to do. It's like a, a regular person thing. No, it's not. I think it's more odd that you haven't been in a fight than if you would have told me you've been in 15 of them. Why? Do I look like a fighter to you? You don't, you don't have to look like a fighter. I'm not going to fight anybody. Oh. I'll be honest. There's been a couple times where I've maybe sort of almost gotten close, but I'm going to run away straight up. And like the other thing is if it ever came down to it where I really needed to fight a bit, usually I'm going to be with my best friend. My best friend is a fighter. Hi, I'm not a fighter. No, you have to look. All right. Get an no, get, I don't. Hold on. This is what happens. You get in an argument with somebody, right? In a public place. When it's getting pulled apart, you just jab them one time and then back away. If they catch you, they catch you. If they don't, they don't. I don't want to be punched by somebody. Don't duck. I'm uncoordinated and slow. This is okay. not going to end well for me. Okay. What if what if they were wearing sparring like gear? Like what if I, I arranged it and you had like boxing gloves and a, and a headpiece on? Why do you want me to fight somebody? Because you should be in a fight before, before the end of your so. life. I don't think so. I don't think so. That's not on my list. Like, I had things that I wanted to do. There are certain things that I have done. There are certain things that I still want to do. And do you know what has never, ever appeared on that list? Get in a fight. Fighting somebody, yeah. You haven't lived. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. Fine. That's acceptable. I don't want to get my ass beat for no reason. That's going to cost money if they have to go to medical bills. I don't want to spend money on medical bills because somebody thinks I should fight. No. If you fight if you fight in public, then people will break it up. That's what you think. That's not necessarily the case. Next time I see you. We'll Are you going to try out. to fight me? No. We'll go out. And while we're out, I'm going to just go find somebody. I'm like, yo. This chick's been running her mouth about you for like the last 30 minutes. I don't know if y'all know each other, but she has said some disparaging things about your family. You should probably go check her right now. And when they swing on you and you fight back, I'll give it like 30 seconds. And whatever happens, happens, and then I'll break it up. I got your back. You got my back, but you want me to get into this fight. Yes. That just tells me that I should never, like, hang out with you. <laughs> It tells you that I have your back. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds of fighting. I mean, so we have, and you we experience together. <laughs> we experience together. Like we're doing this as a team. But you're, but you're starting this. Yeah, that's where the teamwork comes in. That's not how this works. It's not I no. How does it not work that way? I don't want to fight anybody. I'm not a fighter. I am a talker. And a runner away You know what? Look, we're at an impasse. We'll put a pin in it and we'll come back to it later. I hope that we never come back to this. I hope that you forget all about this. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'll make a note about that too.
Um, if I ever show up to another ICW show that you're working, please don't make me fight anybody. I can get Danny to get you in the pit. You shut your mouth. Danny, if you're watching this, book Val for the pit right now. I'll get a hold of Tom with Tom's Customs. We'll get a flyer made up, and it'll be open challenge. We'll make this a thing. No, let's not make this a thing. Yes. No. Yes. Mm-mm. A lot of people are going to be on board with this, so just be ready to ride this play. No, no, no. Val mm-hmm. does not need to get herself booked anywhere. Um, especially not for ICW. For sure for ICW. There's so much support for you there. So much. <laughs> Is there? I think so. I think so. We'll even make, we'll make up a championship. We'll we'll like do a GoFundMe. We'll get some nice championship made. Or a trophy, win or lose. Both of you guys get a trophy. Some random person from the parking lot and you. And you both get trophies. The only person that I could... God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this aloud because I don't want to fight this person. I don't want to fight anybody. I make, make that very clearly known. I don't want to fight anybody. But if you're going to force me to fight somebody at ICW, I could maybe take mittens. Everybody heard of it. <laughs> Everybody heard it. Because I don't think that Mittens will try to, like, for real hurt me. And I wouldn't try to for real hurt Mittens. Note again, I don't want to fight anybody. That is not my way. I'm not trying to get myself into those situations. So... I like to let the wrestlers speak for themselves. You're the ones out there with the training doing things, not me. I'm old and brittle. Everybody knows that if you make a statement, right, and then you say but, everything that preceded the word but is null and void. So you did all that talking and you said but, I would fight mittens. So I heard that you want to fight mittens. No, it's not the case. I meant like if there's somebody at ICW... It's in, it's in my I was notes. being forced to fight. It's in my notes. The only person I could see that being would maybe be Mittens. I'm texting Danny when I get off the phone. You stop this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I'm. You well, know what? I am going to tell everybody you're soft. Too late now. They've already saw it. So this is how I redeem myself. By making me fight Mittens? Yep. I'm going to turn you into a gangster. You're going to deathmatch Val. <laughs> There we go. I like watching death matches. I never want to be in one. I like turn when the glass comes at me. I'm like, I don't want glass on my eyeballs. Well, I mean, you should turn. That's the that's the move. I was like, "Mm." yeah, death match fell. I like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. We'll start booking the territory. It's coming. Be ready. I don't know how we. I don't know how I would go to work like that. Have you seen Fight point. Club? Um, I saw Fight Club once, probably 20 years ago. So there's a scene where he's in a meeting and a guy asks him a question, like, oh yeah, you know, right, pal? And he smiles and he's got a mouthful of blood. And the dude like freaks out and then he swallows the blood and then goes on about the meeting. That can be you. 
Golly, can it? Mm-hmm. I don't think I need any more assistance in that matter. I like how you're trying to figure out how to get out of this conversation. Like, how do I change the subject? So, um, <laughs> moving on to other questions that don't involve me fighting anybody, by the way. Um, so I like to spend time in Twitter spaces. I met a lot of really cool people through Twitter spaces. And this is kind of a shout out to Twitter spaces because that's where I got the question. Um, what is the biggest animal that you could take in a fight with just your hands, no weapons? Biggest animal that I could take in a fight with just my hands and no weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is one of those questions that people assume that I think about but I don't really think I've ever thought about it. Um, I don't know, I guess it depends on why I'm fighting the animal, honestly. Right? Um, it's trying to attack you. Then any animal, like if it's gotta be me or the animal, like I'm putting a thumb in an eyeball, like I, I fight dirty if I have to fight an animal. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to answer this question. Um, Pick three animals and I'll tell you which one I'll fight. Um, I'm trying to pick the answers that I hear most often, um, like a dog. Um, I've had a couple people say a bear and a kangaroo for some reason comes up kind of a lot. I would not fight a kangaroo. Right? Uh, their legs are extremely strong and they have claws and people don't realize this. Not fighting a kangaroo. Uh, oh, I feel like a lot of people could beat up a dog. And plus, everybody loves dogs. Um, a young bear. We'll do that. A young bear. Because they're only like 300 pounds. Like a cub? Pounds. Like a bear cub? Not No, no, not, not a cub. Not beat up on any bear kids. Like a, a bear... A bear teenager. A bear preteen, maybe. So, have you seen like a sun bear? It's a bear. Like, it's a full bear, but it's kind of like a smaller bear. It's I've my favorite bear. Some. It's my favorite a, bear. A sun bear? Yes. They're cute. Sun bear. Mm -hmm. They have them at the zoo here. That's why I know what they are. <laughs> They're my favorite bear. I'll have to check it out. They're cute. I'll send you a picture. Uh, unrelated, uh, or related but unrelated. Uh, one of my finishing moves for a while was called a Siberian bear crusher. So, yeah, I mm -hmm. guess a bear is a proper answer. Yeah. Like... Maybe like a brown bear. Probably not like a full grizzly and no. probably not a polar bear. No. I don't know. A bear. We'll just say bear. Whatever happens. If, if, you, um, see me fight, if you see me fighting a bear, take pictures. Like, it's... I'm cheating. Will do. Um, I could see it ending up on like one of those like like, back, like, in the early 2000s and the late 90s, they used to have all those, like, horrific animal encounter videos. And it's just, like, people getting mauled by animals. Solid. Um, this is uh, to my cohorts, uh, Christopher and Chuckles. Do we have any questions from chat? Uh, yes, we do, Val. Oh, by the way, question from chat. Brilliant. I absolutely love the notion of Val getting in to the pit. I just it's wanna, not a thing. Every, it's everyone a thing. in chat was loving it. Not a thing. It's so, a thing. Thank you, everyone. It's a, it, it is a thing. 
and everybody loves the it's in my notes so we can't wait for the t-shirt <laughs> either for val <laughs> so anyway on to some questions from chat so earlier in the night uh vic asked john do you have any special beard care routines or products that you use um i comb my beard three to four times a day um i wash and condition it um i found like a lot of the beard oils will irritate my skin more than anything else so i try to find uh like a certain kind of shampoo um and it varies depending on where i'm at or whatever but like i've been trying out different ones or whatever but definitely wash and condition it uh twice a week and i brush it three or four times a day or comb it three or four times a day not a brush nice as a bearded man i i, I know the the love that you have for your beard you always want to make it look nice so i appreciate that mine I look like Grizzly Adams sometimes. It's terrible. And there's <laughs> there's nothing I can do. No, nothing I can do. It keeps it in check. But anyway, so Austin had a music-related question, and it was, what inspired you to pick Power as your intro theme? Uh, so shout out to Rich Swan, because back when the song first came out, uh, we would be standing anywhere, and you would just hear Rich Swan clapping. And he would start humming it. And I would throw things at Rich Swan because he never stopped doing it. And uh, so fast forward years and years later, uh, I saw Swan a couple weeks prior and I was getting, I was putting together a little promo package to start 2021 actually. And uh, I was trying to think of the right song to describe my mood, to, to fit the promo and to most importantly to use going forward is theme music. Cause I've played around with a bunch of different kind of theme music. And uh, I listened to the first, uh, the first few bars and it just kind of, you know, it kind of stuck with me. Um, it's uh, I'm living in the 21st century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you've ever seen do it. Scream from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero needs a theme music. And it just, that to me was kind of like a, like how a wrestler should feel. So like, it just kind of resonated and it's been my thing ever since. Nice. Okay. Next one is from bumper shot and he has a question about evolve and it question is any story on what happened to you in evolve. He says, it felt like you were getting a pretty good push for a few shows. And then he didn't really see that there was any payoff for you. Is there anything that you can tell us about that situation? No, I had the same questions and I never really got an answer. I think that it in part goes back to being in the cool kids club and I wasn't that. Um, I was there to work hard and do what I could. And I guess it just wasn't in the cards for me. I have no ill will for Gabe or anybody that had anything to do with it. I'm still cool with Gabe to this day. Like we were just texting not too long ago, but uh, I guess I just kind of, I guess lost in the show for lack of a better term, but I mean, the talent that was there, I can't be mad about that, but the, uh, I learned a lot and I got to work with a whole bunch of people that are really, really talented and made me better. So I can't be mad. I mean, everybody would love to say, Oh, well, this should have went this way or looking at it in hindsight, but I got what I got and I did what I did with it. 
yeah, the outcome might not have been what you personally wanted, but you got enough out of being there for in ring stuff. So yeah, and this was a question. This I've been asked this question quite a bit. I can never really give like the perfect answer because like every time I get asked it, it makes me think about it all over again. But it's end of the day, it was a good opportunity. Of course, I'd have liked to have done more, but you you can only do what you're given. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're going back to music. It's and now we're going back to Vic again. So all time, who do you think has the best entrance music? <sighs> man <laughs> and i specifically okay. asked vic if he wanted to know now your opinion or all time and vic said no 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 i'm gonna make it difficult on this man and go all time okay so my all-time favorite entrance was harley race at a flare for the gold and that was no entrance music it was just him walking out opening up that robe and showing uh showing the belt uh but if I have to pick entrance music, um, as far as what entertained me, as odd as this is going to sound, I was just having this conversation with uh, Jake Spazetta, the guy who runs Pollyanna. Uh, Rob Conway, just look at me, always made me laugh and get stuck in my head. If I go for, like, just, like, as far as, like, what I get hyped to when I hear it every single time, it's for sure when the Briscoes were using Give Me Back My Bullets by Skinner. Nice. Nice. Okay, Vic has another question. I'm not sure where this came from. I, you guys must have touched on this for a brief second. I'm not even sure, but are you a fan of sweet tea? And if so, who's got the best? Well, uh, I did a lot of growing up in Georgia. So, of course, I'm a fan of sweet tea. Uh, who's got the best? I don't know. I mean, it depends on if you're looking at, there's a couple little like mom and pop barbecue joints around here that are, that are pretty good. Uh, there's a place called Gators. It's, it's got really good sweet tea and the pig down here is really, really good. Typically, if you can find a small barbecue joint, that's not a, a chain, their sweet teas are amazing. Nice. I never even heard of sweet tea when I lived in New York until I started going down south and was like, what is this stuff? Yeah, it's uh, amazing. Is it is the answer. It is. It is. But but this but the sweet tea that you get from like some of the fast food places or, you know, quick food outlets, it's just too, too sweet, too sweet. Uh, I have definitely gone to McDonald's before and like, this is too much. <laughs> yep. Too much. Too much. Okay. So our very own Christopher has a question going back to SCI weekend. You had a phenomenal match against Logan Creed. He wanted to know how you guys put that together before the show started. And he just wanted to point out, amazing story telling with an exclamation point at the end. Well, thank you. Uh, so I've known Logan his entire career. Like when he was doing an awful gimmick years and years and years and years ago, uh, there was a ton of potential, but 
he was one like like me like started off with the company where they're not going to make you any better and so he took it upon himself to start doing things and i seen him have a couple di different gimmicks but interesting fact is when he first became logan creed and started going by logan creed i was his first match and um so throughout the years we have been intertwined with each other we've wrestled each other a few times and i've seen him in basically every every iteration and to his credit, he gets better every single time I work with him. Uh, big dude, hard hitter, knows his stuff, tells a story, and has a look that makes him unique. Uh, for that particular match, we knew that people were going to, for lack of a better term, wanting to see uh, big, meaty men slapping meat. So we wanted to give them, give them that, but give them a little bit extra. So that's how you got Hurricane Ranas and Head Scissors and standing bone salts out of nowhere i think all of us that were sitting together from the monkeys were all like what in the hell just happened uh i watched it back just to watch the fans and i was there were people in the crowd holding their head covering their mouths grabbing their friends like that was something like that's the moment like we all shoot for those moments so, like, I don't think anybody saw it coming. When we got to the back, everybody's like, what was that? And <laughs> when they say, what was that, we know exactly what they're talking about. Nobody expects a seven-footer and so another dude that's 270 pounds to be out there doing the stuff that we were doing. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. I, I, Chris Chris even says in the chat, yeah, that was me hold, holding my head, throw, like, <laughs> just wondering what was going on. Oh, <laughs> man. I, we, I Like I said, we, we were all like that. So that's it from the chat. And uh, I, I have one question for you, sir. All right. And that is, would you like to be a part of the worst segment of this entire podcast, Twitch stream, interview, whatever we want to call it? Absolutely. Okay. It's Chris, not the worst. Chris, let's cue up the lightning round music and video. We'll get the intro coming in here. First thing that comes to your mind off the top of your head, give me what give give me your best answer as quick as possible. We'll, we'll get through these. Sweet. Awesome. And I think we're done. Perfect. Video is over. So question number one. Favorite day of the week? Thursday. Do you snore? Yes. Okay. Have you seen the movie? dodgeball a true underdog story absolutely who did you root for in the finals average joe's gym or the globo gym purple cobras um average joe's you had i to. was a, i was a big steve the pirate guy so <laughs> love it <laughs> uh coolest looking shark mako do you like giving presents or getting presents giving presents if you had a choice would you climb a mountain or jump out of an airplane climb a mountain name your most famous friend that's over six feet four inches uh, god i don't i don't know how tall people are <laughs> L logan i guess there you go we'll, we'll take it he's like seven feet 300 inches tall 
what's something that you could eat for a week straight? Chicken. First thing you would buy if you won a million dollars? My mother a house. Last question. If there was a movie about your wrestling career, what would the opening song be? Oh, uh, I have the tiger. I like it. I originally had the last one as what's your favorite Skinnerd song, but you kind of touched on a couple as you were talking. So I, I took that one out and I put the movie one in there. But to answer that question, Simple Man is my favorite Skinnerd song. Nice. Have now, have you seen the reincarnation of Skinnerd live ever? I have not. But they're from Jacksonville, so um, I randomly see various members that are still kicking around in Jacksonville or St. Augustine on a on a more of a moderate or regular basis than most people do. That's awesome. They it, shows are good. I, I absolutely love them. Well, Val, that's all I got. John, you passed the lightning round. You survived the worst segment of this interview. So thank you, sir. No problem. Back to you, Val. Thank you. That It's not the worst segment. Although he did ask what the first thing you would buy is, and you, in your way, answered your mother a house. And you know what? Aw. Yeah, I heard that. So my response was, shh. <laughs> See, it's not just me. It's you. You know what? I'll take that I'm a nice guy. I'm so nice that I will manage you when you fight mittens in the pit. <laughs> I don't want to fight anybody ever. I I don't want to fight anybody. It's not it's, in my agenda. It's not my shtick. Maybe we'll do a hardcore pillow fight. <laughs> don't make me, as long as it's not like a brown panties match. Like, don't make me do that. I don't want to see mittens in a brown panties. Don't make mittens do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make it one of those, like, divas, like, pillow fights. Like, let me wear real clothes. (laughs) So, um, two questions left. First, how do you take your pancakes? Cooked. Um, I can either eat regular pancakes or it's got to be something with strawberry. I love the New York strawberry cheesecake at IHOP. Those are my jam. Those are, if I'm at IHOP, those are definitely like a go-to for me. So excellent choice. Um, and then I'm going to paint, like I'm going to set like a scene for you. So like just go on the journey with me. Okay. Okay. So you're, you've decided that you're kind of hungry. You want something sweet. You go to the store, you're like wandering the aisles and you're like, I want to, I want some cookies. And not only do I want cookies, I want to, I want America's favorite cookie, which is the Oreo. So you go to the section you see all the Oreos. There's just tons of different varieties and all kinds of, but no, you're like, I want just like the chocolate cookie, white cream center Oreo. But like, you still have options, right? Because you can pick double stuff or single stuff. Which stuff do you prefer? Regular. Double stuff is, it's, it's not for me. It's not for me. So you don't like your Oreos thick at it? Correct. I like my Oreos regular, like God intended. 
<laughs> I mean, at least you didn't say the fins, but that's kind of the unofficial incorrect answer. It's a, how's it the unofficial incorrect answer? Am the I, correct am I, answer is double stuff. Am I being graded? You've been graded this whole time. Okay, so uh, double stuff is a preference. I have nothing wrong with them. It's just not for me. I can appreciate that you don't prefer the optimal amount of stuff. No, that's not optimal. That's that surpasses. Also, in my defense, I like to uh, put my Oreo in milk, and you can feel it start to separate, and that's when you take it out of the milk and take a bite. With a double stuff, you've got to have that thing in there for like four minutes. It's too much time. Too much. Give me 21 seconds. And I'm ready to eat the cookie. I mean, I don't put my cookies in milk, so maybe that's one of the many reasons I prefer double so you, stuffed. You eat double stuffed dry? Yeah. You're an animal. I don't like I don't like milk. What? I don't like milk. Why eat cookies? What do you eat your Be cookies with? Whatever else I'm drinking, water or juice or you eat Mountain Dew. What, 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 <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of juice? Um, I'm a big fruit punch gal, but like um orange juice or whatever. Wait, lemonade. Eat, I like lemonade. You, you eat Oreos and orange juice? I have before, yes. Oh my god. It's not like a so, typical thing I go for, but so you don't get to tell me what a right answer is on a cookie anymore because you eat Oreos and orange juice like a crazy person. I don't do it all the time, but if but that's what's it. available, yes. If, if I want to eat Oreos and I have orange juice, yes. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Fruit punch, I can give you, but I don't know if I, I do Oreos punch. and fruit punch. And now, so I like crystal light, so I get the fruit punch crystal light. So it's hard saying, dog. So I don't, I can do like, chocolate chip cookies like chips ahoy like the crunchy ones with fruit punch cool but i couldn't do oreos with anything other than milk um i'm kind of disturbed by your answer i'm being honest i don't like milk and i feel like a lot of america is going to be, be the same way i think that the part of america that's lactose intolerant will be fine okay but orange juice all right so you said orange juice or fruit punch. I just can't. Or like Mountain Dew or Dr. Pepper. I don't know. Whatever I'm drinking. So you I like eat, a multitude of beverages. Eat an Oreo, drink some Mountain Dew. Yeah. I don't. I just don't see it. I uh, I have to try this now. I mean, and I'm then, not saying put the cookie in the in the soda. No, I I'm get not what you're that saying. Crazy. I just feel like it's gonna give me a stomachache. I feel like they're meant to be enjoyed with, I feel like Oreos specifically, if no other cookie, is meant to be enjoyed with milk. Maybe do almond milk. Can you do almond milk? I've never tried almond milk, to be honest. I mean, give it a shot. It might be a thing. And if, you can finally, I mean, you can enjoy Oreos like a regular person. I don't think so. I think I'm doing just fine. Uh -uh. I'm, not, I'm not with it. I'm not with that at all. If I ever, if, if I ever see you again, there's so You'll much have happening. To try it. There's so much happening when we see each other again. Like a lot. Like you're gonna try to make me fight mittens. 
nope, I'm going to get that book. I don't even have to be there for it. I can watch it on IWTV. No, no, no. I'm not fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're not there. I'm, not, I'm only fighting mittens if you're there. So you just said that I'm you never fight fighting mittens. Too late. Too late. You just said it. <laughs> no. That's the thing. Everybody no, it's heard not. it. You can't I'm take it back. I'm never fighting mittens. You can't take I'm it back. I'm never fighting mittens. But if I am being forced to fight mittens, mm-hmm. you will be there. You just said that you will only fight, you're going to fight mittens. If I, when you fight mittens, I'm going to be there. So it's on the internet and it's never going away. This is a thing that's going to happen now. No, I'm never going to fight mittens. It's going to happen. Nope. It's, it's 2021 and it's professional wrestling. The last thing that there needs to be is two wrestling fans fighting each other in a ring. I said it could be a pillow fight. A hardcore pillow fight. I would get Cornette called on me so fast my head would spin. I know, Jim. I'll smooth it over. I can't have this in my life. It's too late. This is a thing. We (laughs) did this together. You did this. You did this. I literally have nothing to do with this. You just said that you're going to fight him. No, I won't. I will not. I refuse. I'll never go... To Just another ICW favor. event, as long as I live. I need the guys to make so a clip of her. Nope. Make a clip of her talking no. and saying that she was going to fight Mittens, and we're no. going to put that out there, and then we're going to get this in front of Mittens, and then Mittens will become enraged, and then you guys are going to be fighting in the pit. Mittens will not become enraged. Yes, you will. I've you said you're going to fight him. I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to fight him. I've met Mittens. He's a nice guy. I'm not going to fight him. You already said you would. It's going to happen. I'm now. literally not going to. This is never going to occur. This is never going to occur. One of the rules, one of the big rules of wrestling is you never say never. And you just said never like three times. You know what happens Uh, when you say never? It happens. At no point. Hardcore pillow fight. At no point in my life will I be fighting Mittens or anybody else. Okay. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Future endeavoring me now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good thing this interview is almost over. Uh, <laughs> on that note, this has been the sack. I'm Val Pancakes, who will never fight anybody. This has been John Davis, who apparently is soft and um, is really nice and will still beat the shit out of you. Um, please make sure to follow John on all his social media outlets. I know you have Twitter. And Twitter, um, and then I also have Twitter. Do you have, like, Instagram or Twitter. OnlyFans? Or... Since they changed the rules, TikTok. I, I, I shut down my OnlyFans since they changed the rules. I was like, I don't want to... I had to hold this mask thing that I was doing. Was... <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have an OnlyFans. Let's get that out there now. I've never had an Oh, but you said it on the internet, so now it's yeah. a thing. Hmm. Yeah, but then I, Where then have I, I said I was kidding. Hmm. I've specifically stated that I'm not fighting mittens. You're fighting mittens. But I, I, only have tw- I only have Twitter, John Davis 817 at Twitter. Or at Twitter. John Davis 817 on Twitter. It's my you face. You here? John Davis only has Twitter. If you're friends with him other places, no, you're not. <laughs> On that note, thank you for spending your time with me tonight. I had a blast, even though you're trying to get me get my ass kicked. Um, everyone, please follow John Davis. 
he's obviously a super nice guy just Mm-mm. been a true delight to speak with very just just very kind-hearted here let me leave you with guys let me leave you guys with this since i'm such a nice guy uh before we went on air i told a story about how i tried to drown somebody we'll just close with that and you'll have to come back next time for when we talk about that um but thank you for joining us tonight thank you john thank you everybody have a good night